I'm Ryan, the other guy's Jordan, and this is Two Angles on Angling. Welcome to another episode of Two Angles on Angling. This is Jordan with my co-host. What up? It's Ryan. Hope everyone's had uh, a productive week of fishing despite the local forecast and weather. I personally was not out a single day this week. Uh, so Ryan, if you want to take it off this week and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, go reg- over what you did. Regrettably, it was. Uh pretty lame on my front too, man. Um, you know, last week we were looking at the forecast thinking that this week was going to be awesome. And, uh, it just didn't turn out that way. Like we had pretty much windless conditions Monday and Tuesday, and I fished those days and I ended up having to slow troll some of them because, um, like get on the trolling motor and give us some forward momentum, which is my, least favorite thing to do when bass fishing uh just because it's i don't know it's just uh, just not a natural presentation and it it just kind of sucks but anyway we caught fish it was good i mean it was just the pace was a bit slow um you know wednesday and thursday i uh i had off i didn't have bookings those days and just opted to to stay off the water and you know conserve on gas uh Prices for that starting to go back up again, which sucks. But anyway, and then uh, I snuck in a trip Friday, which was, it was good, perhaps a mistake, but it, that's an interesting thing to talk about, though, for a second. So Friday, you know, Thursday night, the lake got big. There were, uh, not huge, but there were, you know, there were like three foot rollers out there and pretty substantial ones coming from the west, southwest. And then as the night went on into the following morning, the wind direction shifted and went, started blowing from the Northwest. So here's just something to, to think about, or even, the, even if it went full North, if you ever go, like, if you're looking at that as a forecast and you see, okay, we got consistent three footers, but it looks like the, the lake's going to calm down because we got a North wind. The lake will definitely lay down, but the problem will be, you'll still have relic waves. You'll still have leftover rollers which will make it tough for you to get out. But the other thing that's going to be awkward for you when you're out there is that the rollers are going to be going one direction and the wind is going to be pushing you in a different direction. Like if you've Mm. got rollers coming from the west and wind coming from the north, that happened to you and I one of the times that we went out there. It wasn't as severe, but usually I'm supremely confident if we got good chop out there mm-hmm. and a solid wind that we're going to pound. That was mm-hmm. the trend all last week. You know, I'm feeling cocky going into this week that we're going to have more of the same. And I ran into that situation on Friday, rollers one direction, wind another direction, couldn't really get great drifts and in turn caught less fish. Yep. You know, maybe that's the reason why we caught less fish. I, I, that's what I'm thinking. Um, the other thing I'll say is, 
I had a single client that day. Uh, we went out first thing in the morning, and this is just another thing for people to think about. Um, we went out, started pounding waves, and like I said, we, we had rollers coming from one direction, wind coming from the other, and the wind wasn't, it was big. Like, it was a big northwest in the, you know, teens, gusts in the low 20s. Okay. Um, so every time I hit a wave coming from the west, that northwest wind was blowing spray right back into my boat. So I was getting soaked. You know, my, my, my client wasn't. Normally you stay dry in my boat, but it, it was, uh, there was no way to, like, to, to get away from it. Like in order to get to a spot, I, I had to kind of cut through waves and, and get sprayed and just deal with it. Um, but we got like, you know, a half of a way out there and I started talking to my client and he's like, yeah, I've never been out in something like this before. And even though like as much as I prepared him mentally, I'm like, look, it's, it's not like in the days leading up to it. I'm like, look, it's not going to be calm. It's going to be big, but it's going to be safe. I'm not going to take you out on anything that's unsafe. And, but furthermore, I'm not going to make you endure something that you're uncomfortable mm -hmm. with once we get out there. So we'll go out. We'll see how you feel. If you like it and you're down with it, we'll stay. If not, we'll come in and we'll fish the river. Mm -hmm. Well, we went out there. He got kind of uneasy about it. So we went down and fished the river. And unfortunately, the river was, was piss poor. It sucked. I, I don't know why. Um, there were spots in the river that are usually super reliable that just didn't produce anything. And in fact, I got desperate and went and fished that same zone that you yeah. and I did. I did one drift through there and uh, we only popped one. So I'm like, this is, uh, this is pretty bad. So I said to the guy, look, man, this is a bit of a struggle sesh. Are you, I'm going to get out back out into the lake. At this point, we had been fishing for maybe two hours and only boated that one. And I'm like, look, this is not cool. And I get it. If you're not comfortable with the lake, I'm going to go out and fish, you know, below Roundhouse, that area where there's a lot of current. Usually the waves are laid down there. We'll try to fish that, although even though we had a big northwest, like you could kind of get drifts in there. So I went in there, we caught a few, and then I just looked at the guy and said, look, man, you know, we're coming up on three hours. We can just write this day off and, uh, you know, pay me for gas and we'll just call it even. Or we could go back out into the lake and you can really give it a try. And uh, the guy's like, hey, man, I'm here to fish. I, I, I want to go for it. Let's go for it. Nice. So I was like, sweet, dude. So that's what we did. So we went out there and we ended up catching fish. We didn't get big ones, but we got them at a, a pretty consistent rate. And I didn't go super far. I fished some of the, the closer in shoals that, you know, I tend to hold fish, but. Long story short, that was it, man. I mean, uh, so I got out Friday, Saturday, small craft advisories, huge Northwests. Um, you know, like I've mentioned before, like the Northwest, a Northwest wind is like the dagger wind around here. Um, cause it's going to screw up the upper Niagara, huge stretches of the upper yeah. Niagara are going to get screwed pretty much all of West river and the north side of grand island like when we went to the north side of grand island on friday there were huge standing white caps man or even like upstream of like strawberry island mm -hmm. like motorboat area there were huge white caps in there and like in the river there were two footers and like 
the occasional three. I'm like, dude, this yeah, is wild. That is. Um, so not comfortable. Um, but yeah, so Northwests kind of suck. Um, and they will kick up some waves out on, on Erie. But if you're facing a situation where you have a ton of big Wests leading up and then all of a sudden it changes to Northwest, you're still going to have a hard time out on Erie. And that's exactly what happened. Like we, Saturday, it got even bigger out there, bigger Northwest. It looked like, you know, there was a Canadian tire tournament that was pretty much most of the guys were forced to fish in the Niagara uh, because the winds became too prohibitive to get out there. The waves got too big. And then here we are today, you know, we're doing a, uh, another uh, on the road sesh where we're sitting on the, the upper Niagara, just looking at stuff. And uh, the waves are way too, there's a small craft advisory on every body of water around here from the upper to the lower to Erie to Ontario. There's consistent six and seven foot waves on Erie right now. And Ontario's probably got something similar. There's probably certain stretches of the upper where there's big standing waves. And I guarantee on the lower Niagara, especially closer to the fort, it's probably pretty damn big down there too. So yeah, I had to cancel yesterday and today's trip and, and reschedule them. So didn't get in nearly as much as I had hoped to, uh, to get in this past week. And I don't even have like a great observation about the pattern. You know, like uh, between Monday and Tuesday, I found fish where I've been finding fish, you know, gravel, sand, you know, fringes of, of shoals. Uh, Friday, I was all over the rocks, but that's it. Like I haven't been able to check out any of the deeper water stuff, you know, and then the river, I don't have a great report on at least the upper because I just didn't, wasn't able to find much and pattern much in the one time that I, that I gave it a shot. So this upcoming week, uh, Monday and Tuesday look good near, near wind, like just light and variable winds for a couple days, which is good, but we'll still have some leftover rollers that'll carry me out on Lake Ontario to, I mean, Lake Erie tomorrow. So my plan is to fish a bit of, uh, the lower and maybe the upper tomorrow, maybe Lake Erie. We'll see what happens. Um, and then Tuesday, perfect weather for Lake Erie, just light Souths. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it's a crapshoot. Like Wednesday, we're supposed to get uh, bigger South winds. So the morning, like the front half of the day will be fishable on Wednesday. So I'd like to do something out on Erie on Wednesday. Uh, but the back half of the day is going to get big out there. Thursday looks like it's going to be something similar to today. Uh, and then who knows? You know, what I've been telling my clients lately is uh, I'm usually, you know, I don't trust forecasts in general beyond three or four days. Uh, but in the summertime, like we just have stable weather, right? We have mm -hmm. stable weather in the summer. We have stable weather in the winter and that it's just kind of flat, not a lot of, of wind. But these fringe seasons, especially the beginnings of them, like the beginning of fall and the beginning of yeah. spring, you just, the wind creates all kinds of problems and the forecast for the wind is very, very unreliable. Uh, and that's exactly what we had going into this uh, this past week. And I'm hoping that it works out this way for this upcoming week, that at least some of those super windy days towards the end of the week don't work out that way. But right now it's, it's a lot of chaos in the forecast towards the end of the week. So...
you know, the challenge now is, is constantly shoveling or shuffling the schedule around and trying to get people in and, you know, figuring out what to do with the days off, uh, you know, that are caused like the last minute days off caused mm-hmm. by mother nature, you know? So that is, uh, that's what I've seen. And that's the plan for next week. Um, I mean, now it's, it's cool just being outside. I was listening to, uh, a podcast this morning, uh, a Freakonomics radio podcast. They have uh, this one thing, and I'd be interested in, in your take on this. The, the episode they had today, and you should, anybody who's listening to this should check out their podcast because they're quick, they're pretty informative, and it's it's good like morning stimulation. They have one of their podcasts is uh, No Stupid Questions. And uh, there's this, somebody wrote in and asked about seasonal affective disorder or Mm -hmm. SAD. And uh, part of the survey stuff that they were looking at was most people's favorite season is fall. And then second is spring and summer tied. And then it seems like everybody hates winter. Right. And, uh, and I'm, Curious, like you, who've you've put your you put your boat away and winterized your boat every winter. Um, as we get into that time of year, how are you keeping yourself sane? You know, getting into the winter time because, for, like, I think it's important to come up with the the plan now. So by the time we kind of run into that winter yeah. season, and you don't have you know, then, then it's too late. Like if you don't have an idea put in front of you, like, so what, what, what have you well, been, what do you do? That's a great question. Cause I will definitely say the last like four or five years, it's probably been the biggest struggle trying to figure out how to not go insane during the winter. Uh, last year I only got out steelhead fishing twice and neither of them were in the winter. So that didn't do anything for me. Ice fished once. Uh, last year was just a super, super poor winter when it came to doing anything. Uh, I did go to Virginia, of course, but you know, that was only for so long. Um, this year I'm definitely wanting to get back into walking some streams to steelhead fish. Uh, I was just talking to Alex yesterday about that actually, cause he and, uh, Tanner and, uh, his two buddies are up from PA and they went and went to Oak and they went to the lower and I think they said they hooked up with one salmon. I was like, okay, well, I think I could get into doing that again. Last year, I just super didn't want to do it because I was sick of, I mean, just the fact of like hearing about people getting in fights and then like literally just seeing verbal altercations every single time you're out fishing. It's like, I don't, I don't really need this or want this in my life. You know what I'm saying? It's just not worth it. Um, the boat, a thousand billion percent will be winterized this year because I'm it's in the shop now. So if it does not end up getting fixed this year, I'm ready to make peace and part ways with that vessel and hopefully get on to something better uh, in the future. Besides that, I mean, man, I don't get out with you a few times. Yeah, hopefully throughout the winter will be great. Uh yeah, we'll do some on the water episodes gonna, too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm gonna have to try and kind of find a, a potential different winter hobby because last year I did make a lot of lures during the winter as well, which you know 
but that gets stale pretty damn quick, being inside, making lures, and I even did a little bit of that this morning before uh, we started recording. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I used to I used to really, really love winter when I was younger, but I was also out sledding and doing stuff like that, which obviously I don't really partake in now, so uh, I'm not entirely sure what this winter is going to hold for me. I don't, and as you said, I, I do not actually have any kind of plan going. Uh, wouldn't mind getting out ice fishing a bit more than norm than I have historically this year, just because it's something that does interest me. I think it's a, a weird, but neat way to catch a fish. Like you drill a hole in an ice and then you sit on top of it. It doesn't, it's just so completely different from everything else I do. It's interesting. It's like, steelhead fishing bass fishing everything we're covering water going places and yeah you can cover some water while ice fishing but like damn you only have so much time to drill holes and sit on it and fish it and stuff so uh that's that's pretty cool and it's a little more of a, a chillaxed way to fish compared to everything else like if especially if you're with a buddy and you have a tent a uh, uh, hut set up all right set up the hut you get the heater in there you get some brews you get some food going and yeah, you're, you're set for the day. So that's kind of on my my itinerary this year. And then also I got another plan. Excuse me. I'm planning another trip to go down to Virginia in like the February time zone again uh, after the show ends, the Niagara Falls Expo ends after it, all that wraps up and every, all the, the chaos from that is settled down. Then it's going to be due time to get out of New York and go on a little vacation down to Virginia and hopefully hook up with some ginormous largemouth bass. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I do guide a little bit throughout the winter, but unfortunately, that's been my challenge is uh, is getting people to want to go out and fish during the wintertime. Not, yeah. not friends. You know, by my, all my friends fish. It's like potential clients yeah. or clients in general. Like getting out with them in the winter time is tough. I have some guys that strictly want to fish the winter time uh, because there's far less people out, both on the tributaries and on the uh, on the main, like on the river or on Lake Ontario. I mean, Lake Erie will be frozen. At least it, it'll usually be frozen by late January, um, so it'll just be too tough to get out to Erie. But the lower in Ontario will have fish and it's great. And there's far less boats out there. The problem is, is the weather usually like if it's mm-hmm. super cold, then by super cold, I mean somewhere in the low twenties blowing wind precipitation, which is a lot of days, then yeah. you just can't go out. But you know, one of the things that I, so, well, one of the things that I do is I, I pick a, a hobby and they just kind of go full bore into that hobby. And then, give up on it usually by the time spring comes and I uh but I've been thinking about this for a while uh and I've seen a few people doing it now I want to because back in high school I got a uh a NAWI certification like a dive certification Mm -hmm. and uh I only used it once like I got I took all the classes did the pool training and then uh, we, I went down to Barbados with, uh, as like a high school graduation thing with my buddy and his family. And we had a great time down there and did some dives. And that was the last time that I dove. Uh, and then I was, I was launching from, uh, from Griffin 
I don't know, this is about, probably about a month and a half ago. And I bumped into this older couple who were, you know, donning scuba gear. Like they had all this stuff. They're getting out of their truck and they're getting all geared up. And, uh, and I started talking to him. I'm like, Hey, how are you guys getting out there? Like, cause you know, Griffin, like you're in the canal there. Like, mm-hmm. what do you, or that, that little side Creek. I'm like, how are you getting out there? And then I said, Oh, there's this boat that comes and picks us up and you go around and tour and dive different spots throughout the river, which I thought was really cool. So I, uh, I started asking him like, Hey, do you, uh, how much fish do you see down there? Like how often mm-hmm. do you see fish? And they're like, oh, we see bass all the time. You know, we, you know, sometimes we catch crayfish and hold them out of our, in our hand and then let them go and the bass will come and eat them. That's awesome. And uh, they said that when you start diving, bass tend to congregate around you because they're looking at, like, they see how your fins will kick up stuff or people mm. will start lifting stuff off the bottom. And the bass will just come in right behind them, smallmouth. That will come yeah. in behind them and start eating. You know that's why, like a lot of play, a lot of times, you'll see a handful of smallmouth cruising next to schools of carp, right? Because mm. carp are like mudding up the bottom, yeah, sucking up, up. mayfly may pupa, yep. eating crayfish, whatever. And then the bass will come in behind them and just pick up the leftovers. Okay. Well, it's a, it's a, very similar with humans. Anyway, so the wheels started turning. Yeah. And then I was here the other day doing what I'm doing now, filling up the live well and charging the uh, the boat engine or charging the batteries. And the two other dudes were putting scuba gear on right here. We're at really? the, uh, yeah, we're at the Isle View launch across from Mississippi Muds. And uh, so I started talking to those dudes because when I was sitting here filling my live well, usually the water is very clear here. Um, right now it's not because... Yeah. We've had so much big wave activity that the water's pretty stirred up. It's not muddy. It's still very, very much a fishable color, but it's not great. Um, but the water is usually clear against the bank here. And the other day, I was just hanging out, you know, looking at the water. And there was a wolf pack of smallmouth. Not big ones. They were probably like twos and threes. There, there may have been a fish that pushed four. But there were like five or six of them that came in and just started blasting gobies like right near the bank it was Hmm. so if you look at the water here there's there's like this probably seven or eight foot gap between the bank and then there's a weed line and then there's a deep drop off Mm -hmm. like if you go not even like 10 let's say let's just call it 20 yards offshore here Mm -hmm. you know even less than that it's 20 feet deep you know Mm -hmm. it's a dredged out shipping channel near here uh, so there's a real steep drop off, you know, pretty close to the bank and these bass were there just, they would shoot in from the weeds and blast gobies. And I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. You know, I've never seen them do that yeah. before. Uh, so I sat there and, you know, watched that for a little bit and then started talking to those dudes. They said, how, you know, how often do you guys dive around here? And they said, Oh, we, you know, we do all the time. And I said, uh, do, where do you see the bass? Do, do you see bass? And they said, oh, yeah, we see bass all the time. The one guy was telling me the same thing, like how he catches crayfish. And yeah. He, like, feeds he feeds bass. Hmm. And uh, they're, like, he's, like, they're all on the other side of this weed line. Uh, and so I came here on Friday, you know, and fished it. But the wind was too crazy, and we didn't, we didn't catch anything. But it got me curious, like, how many are over there? Mm-hmm. 
So one of the things that I'm thinking about doing after this long tangent for this upcoming winter is uh, dusting off my my NAWI certification and and you know like getting recertified or mm-hmm. you know updating my certification yeah. for uh, for scuba diving and I'd want to do some dives around here like I want to do some river dives just to see what's up like screw live scope and all that stuff like actually see it with my own eyes mm-hmm. get down there swim around see how they're behaving see where they're hanging out um and then i want to do the same thing out on lake erie you know i want to dive some of the shoals around there and see you know where are the fish hanging out how are they behaving you know maybe get a better intuition of uh of how you know like what their behavior is like during different times of year i'd like to get down there and and kind of film some of that that'd be sweet so that's one of the things i'm thinking about the other thing i always do in the winter is i, I tend to get in in good shape um you know exercise as often as possible and read as often as possible um but one of the things from that podcast that i thought was striking is how many people this seasonal affective disorder affects um and the main cause of it or the easiest way to rectify it is just going outside yeah that that's great that you bring that up because i was also uh, Andrew Huberman, he's got a podcast I've been listening to lately and he's a science, a neuroscientist and he's basically, they've proven cause you know, they're always saying like, Oh, if you have to have direct sunlight. And it's like, that's completely false. Like you're getting the same benefits of being outside. Even if it's partly cloudy, you have to be out longer, but yeah. So kind of speaking to what you're saying, it's like a lot of that can be cured from just spending more time outside, which a lot of us obviously don't do. I know people who will never leave the house unless it's to go to work or the grocery store all winter long. So yeah. it's like you're not, but yeah, sorry, continue. No, no, that's, that's, that's exactly what I want to yeah. try to flesh out here, man, because, you know, for the past, since I've been doing this, since 2016, every year I put out a revised version of a, the same blog po- blog post about how to stave off shack nasties. What I shack nasties yeah. are what I call the disease that affects people, you know, seasonal affective disorder, whatever. Like in the end, I have it's hard for me to have empathy for the people that are affected by this. Um, and the reason why is because the solution to me is very simple. Now, it's just to go outside and spend time outside, just go for a walk. I don't you know, mm-hmm. w- whatever it is. Um, but most people just won't. And then some people use the excuse, well, I don't have the clothing, right? I don't have the gear to, to spend any time outside. And it's like, okay, well, just think How about, are you living in Western New right, York if you I, don't have the yeah, gear? Yeah, man. That, 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 that's, a, that's a poor, that's a very, very Yeah, dude. Reason. But you'd be surprised how many people, or you're not, I, you're probably not surprised by it, but a lot of people just don't, which to me is crazy because if you that's, think that's about crazy. like, and, you know, here we are living in Western New York, you know, sure, some people still have wood, uh, you know, wood burning uh, fireplaces mm-hmm. and they'll actually, you know, uh, make fires with real wood. Mm-hmm. But most people nowadays, if they if you do have a fireplace in your house, is that the old gas thing with the fake logs and yeah. OK, well, increase gas prices, natural gas prices even more. 
you know, and that or add some sort of natural disaster to like to it, like a, a big blizzard or something that knocks out power. Oh yeah, like, so many people are unprepared. Right? How are you? How shit. are you prepared yeah. for that? Or if you're driving down the highway, like what that happened, like four or five years ago or something like that, or maybe it was a little bit longer than that, where that huge storm happened. And I don't think it was are... longer. Yeah, it was right around then. Yeah, and a, a few people. I don't know how many, but a few people died. Yeah, trapped it. in their yeah, car. Yeah, they got they got trapped in their cars on the highway from from snowstorms. It's like yep. okay, well, you should probably uh, granted super fluke situations, right? Yeah, like I I, but... I get that, but they happen. Um, and all you really should have is just something to keep you warm. Yeah, I mean, how hard is it like? And and this is funny because I've even like recent semi recently had this conversation with my brother, and I have it with people all the time. It's like what do you have in your vehicle right now? And they're like, eh, nothing. Something like box of tissues and stuff. I'm like, do you have jumper cables? No. Do you have a blanket? No. Do you have a sleeping bag? No. Do you have any? No, 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 none of this. And it's like, well, no. Like, so I, I, I guess the trains of thought is like, okay, well, you're traveling, traveling light, which we talk about the minimalist style of things. And I get that. There's also that line where, like, how, like, do you want to be truly completely unprepared for things that are going right. to potentially happen? Like, I have, I have a whole kit. Like, I have a one of those big Rubbermaid totes in the truck that is just of, like, things for whatever could possibly go wrong. Like, because right. you never know. And throughout the winter, like, as winter is coming up, I'm going to actually add a few things to my truck kit to kind of keep me prepared for that. But it's like. That's even just for the traveling aspect of things. I feel that I'm semi unprepared for that, but then there's people who aren't even prepared for the normal day to day of winter and the cold and everything that comes with it, which is which is mind boggling to me. Yeah. And, you know, for as many for how excuse me, for how for how much people complain about living in western New York and how much they hate the cold. And how bad winters suck. First off, a lot of those people still live here, which, I mean, come on. Yeah. Like, you're, like, you're just, you know, I mean, you should know that you're making yourself suffer at that point because you do have the option. But regardless, I'm not going to get into that necessarily. It's like, Figure I out guess a way they to haven't optimize. ever, yeah. yeah, they haven't ever even thought about what's going to happen. Like, I remember the October storm. I was pretty young, but I remember it pretty well. And like, yeah, we we thankfully had a wood wood fireplace in our house, and that's how we were literally staying warm. And it's like, okay, no, not everyone has that luxury, but it's like, have, have, who's thought about it? Have you thought about it? I guess for everyone listening, have you thought about it? Like, what are your what would be the plan for if something like that were to happen? Like, all right, power goes out, and this is beyond. Like, obviously, we're a lot of our podcasts. We're just talking about kind of going out recreationally, having fun. And we did talk about that a bit as well, but it's like, we do deal with a lot of adverse conditions here in Western New York. We're not a very temperate zone. We deal with everything. You get get all of it. Yeah. You got to think about it. And if you're going to, my whole thing is like, if you, if you create or if you get yourself somewhat prepared or prepared for the winter time, then you can go outside with confidence. Yes, Yes. You know, and, or you could just get through life a little bit better with, knowing that you're going to be able to be resilient for it. And here, the other benefit to it, like, you know, everything in the fall season um, is frantic, right? 
like, I he, just read that on that that post that or the the article that you wrote for the four seasons. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, like, so the, the theme of fall is kind of a frantic vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the the reason why it's. I, I'm guessing it's a major contributor to the reason why a lot of people love this time of year, is because there's there's like an inherent sense of urgency to it. Like you mm-hmm. feel like time is running out and so you want to accomplish a bunch of different stuff and that you know it's somewhat stressful but it's a good kind of uh kick in the butt type of stress Mm -hmm. for for good motivation right and the reason why that's occurring is is a few things one daylight is getting less and you can feel that Mm -hmm. right like one of the things that i I was thinking about during that podcast and and actually was they mentioned it is uh if you spend a lot of time outside, your sleep rhythms start to adapt yep. to the like the circadian rhythm yep. far more, right? Yep. And you know, so I'll get to that in a minute. But I, mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. Like, if you believe that you're not affected by what's going on in the natural environment around you you're just way wrong and you're not mindful of it, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're just not understanding what's happening. Like your behavior pattern is changing right now. There's a level of franticness to your behavior. Um, And that's because the days are getting less. You're finding it harder to accomplish what you wanted to during day, during daytime. Yeah. And let's even just tie that into like our ancestral living of like, okay, well right now you need to get wood ready. Right. You need to prepare. You need you to harvest food and sources. Meat, yes, smoke you, meat. yes. You need to pack on weight. You need to repair and fix whatever needs to get done. You like all of these things. Yeah, like, that shit's built into us. Yes, a hundred percent. And I mean, then also the frank, the other aspect of the frantic part that like we have built is obviously our whole like addiction to shopping. And I bring that up because I work at Carhartt. And in the last, like, two weeks, as soon as we had that one night that was in the 40s, boom, we're, like, packed <laughs> with people buying stuff. And I'm like, okay, yeah, it's cool, like, we're busy, but the part of me that actually understands what the hell's going on is, like, this is absurd. Like, I'm, and I'm looking at these people, too, and I'm like, so I see you here often, and you haven't prepared for winter before or like you're just you just keep buying more and more of the same <laughs> that's stuff a whole like what yeah that's yeah. a whole nother conversation but it's like that's the other thing is people are especially like you know so wired that oh christmas is coming up let's start so that adds to the frantic yeah. nature of people as well because everyone's like i need to start buying more and more and more gifts are coming i need to start eating way more food i need to start consuming way more food because which Part of that is natural, but also a lot of it is because we've taken advantage of that and like marketed it towards that. But yeah, right. sorry to go on that. No, tangent, no, that, that's you're, it's 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 all part of the same thing yeah. of, of of the frantic franticness of things. You know, so you have the visual stimulation of uh, that you may or may not even be conscious of that days are getting shorter, so that's kicking you in the butt. Um, the other thing is you got the visual stimulation of all the leaves changing. Yeah, you know, like it, where we live, where you and I live, we're lucky. Uh, Tonawanda, North Tonawanda, are really old. Mm-hmm. They've been like th- these these towns were founded, you know, mainly during the construction of the Erie Canal phase. Yeah. So like early eighteen twenties, mm-hmm. you know, there's still houses around here that are you know that were erected in eighteen twenties. Um, 
So we have really old trees around here. Yes. And uh, granted, lots of houses are old and everything's super packed together. But you have ton. We have tons of old, very tall trees here. We get mm -hmm. super vibrant fall foliage in our neighborhoods. Yes. So you can see that all over the place. It's definitely not peak yet, but it's starting. You're starting to. Yeah, lots I think of trees. we're at that cool spot though, because like we're at every like a lot of the trees are all phases yeah. at once right now. Yeah, but cool, we'll probably but... get like in another, let's say two two weeks, we'll be peaked out. You know, like it'll get real crazy in two weeks. But you see the the color of the leaves changing so that's mm. throttling you you know um the animals are all doing some sort of similar behavior they're either feeding because they're trying to pack on weight for the mm. winter time that's what you know on the fish side that's what smallmouth are doing that's what mm. muskies are doing the warm water fish that's what they're doing right now they're trying to pack on weight the cold water fish are getting ready to spawn you know, some of them are fattening up for the spawn. They got eggs to they they got eggs they're carrying. Mm -hmm. Same thing as the pre-spawn, you know, warm water activities yeah. that we see in the spring. You know, water temperature is dropping because the air temperature is dropping because there's less light around. You know, that's just kicking everything into action. But the what the difference is is between us and some of these other animals is what we would do normally if you were let's let's say that you're super you spend most of your time outside right and then mm -hmm. you, you, by the time you get to winter december 21st super short day there's like eight hours of daylight yeah. during that period you know what aboriginal humans used to do back then is they'd be out and functioning during the daytime doing some hunting maybe a little bit of gathering uh they play games that type of stuff mm -hmm. Um, and then they slept way more, yeah. you know, in the winter time they would get, you know, 10 hours of sleep mm -hmm. and inside they would, uh, you know, play games, whatever usually like the people that the Senecas that lived around here, you know, had big log houses and, or like the long houses the type long of houses, things. Yeah. And, but you know, they would live together in family groups. The point of the winter time was, or what happened most often during the winter were larger, consistent family gatherings um you know a little bit of food gathering but just kind of conserving energy and enjoying your time with relatives and and, and trying to make it fun mm -hmm. trying to you know having reasons to get outside as often as possible because you have to get your food um and you want to be able to just breathe outside of the air of your house um and then spending time with friends and family you know that's that was like the big thing that they used to do we're like now we us humans that live around here, huge numbers of us opt to go the way of the skunk and the uh, raccoon. They just hibernate. Mm -hmm. You know, like skunks and raccoons are packing on weight right now because they're about to burrow themselves into sewers, you know, at least in the, because we have lots of skunks yeah. and raccoons around the Tonawanda, North Tonawanda area where yeah, most of them live are in drain, they live in like, you know, street drains. You know, like the, the stuff that drains uh, water off of the streets. They live in there or like wood piles mm -hmm. or underneath old infrastructure, that mm -hmm. type of thing. But they're packing on weight so they can make it through the winter. Um, and a lot of us have just opted to go that route. We pack on weight to make it through the winter, then hibernate and just keep packing on weight while we're hibernating. Yeah, but unconsciously. Yeah. Yeah, 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 unconsciously, which is, I think, the big issue there. Versus like you and I have talked about, like we're putting on weight currently but 
consciously because we know that we're planning to spend more time outside and having a few extra pounds on you when you're outside in the bitter cold of winter helps a lot. Yeah, man, you burn way more calories and it just helps keep you insulated. And even speaking on that, just because I noticed and yet again, I spent almost all day inside today. And as you saw, I still am. I'm pretty layered up right now and it's not that cold out. And I'm like, I walk up to the launch here and I see you, you're in shorts and a lawn sleeve. And I'm like, well, why do I keep doing this every year? It's like, all right, in the fall, I'm going to like stay minimal clothing, get used to the cold, get used to the cold, adapt to it. Yeah. And so that's something else like I wasn't yeah, really great consciously point, thinking of, but a lot of people should be. It's like, try to get away with as little as you can clothing wise. And especially in the beginning of fall, because you do build up a tolerance, immunity, however you want to phrase it, towards the cold. So, I mean, if, if you're going to already, like, I mean, you already saw people walking by who were in, like, winter parkas, and I don't know, it's like 50s, maybe 61. Yeah, right now, it's not that, not that awful by any means. And so that's another thing, I've, a reason why I think people really do hate the winter so much is because I, I I haven't traveled a lot, so it could just be a Western New York thing. No, I'm, it's, always, it's, I'm always hearing people bitch about the weather, no matter what. It's too hot, it's too cold, and it's like, but yeah, you don't spend any time outside, so how would you even, you don't have any way to acclimate. Like, all summer long, recording the podcast at your house, I'm like an extremely comfortable temp, because you guys have a more, what whatever it's out outside, you're dealing yeah. with an inside sort of deal. It's like, And that's not really how I've grown up or how anyone I know is. It's like very temperature regulated, like, okay, it's going to be 65 in the house all year round or something, for example. Yeah, my my wife and and I get in these discussions about all the time about when do we, uh, not all the time, like every year around this time of year, we talk about, okay, do we turn the heat on yet? Yep. You know? Yeah. And and for me, like I live at home, so I don't have to say, but for me, like I I would rather just leave it off as long as possible and get more acclimated. To, to the actual weather outside because it's like, yet again, going back to that emergency worst-case scenario potentially. And we also talked about this in a, a little bit of a different realm with the summertime and being in the heat. It's like, okay, well, if you're not used to being out in that, what happens when you're, like like we talked about with having a, a base layer of a tan, for example. Right. Because God forbid you're in an emergency and you have to be out in it. If you don't have that base level of preparedness, then you're you're extra screwed. So same thing goes with the winter time and even fall and everything like get outside into the cold as much as it sucks, but it won't suck as much after you do it for a while. And once you get into the rhythm of it, like the one thing for me that especially the last like two years that I've been picking up is all year round now. And I struggled with it when I started, but taking a cold shower or at least finishing the shower like as cold as you possibly can get the water because it builds up your tolerance to the cold. And then once you're into that, and and not to mention also the mental fortitude that you build up from it because it's like when it's negative outside, why would I take a cold shower? It makes no sense. Why Why would I make myself suffer to do that? But it's like after you do it, you're like, hey, you feel like a million bucks, like your energy is through the freaking roof after that. And it's like, well, nothing, I mean, realistically, not much anything harder is going to happen today than what you just went through doing that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, I, I know this all is kind of tying together, even though we're bouncing all over the no, place, it, but it, it's it, like, 
there's a lot, wintertime does offer a lot that we don't, a lot of us don't take advantage of because it is a great time to like work on your physical fitness and everything. And that does not exclude anything from being outdoors. You can still all winter long work on your fitness outdoors. Like my neighbor, he posted a photo of me last year, kind of poking fun at me, but I work out almost all winter long out in my driveway with my kettlebells and shorts and my mocks. And that's it. Like, it's not, no, I don't want to stay outside for eight hours in shorts and moccasins. Like, that would super suck. <laughs> but, I mean, like, force yourself to do these things now and again. Like, do something tough because it's kind of going back to that guy I was talking about, Andrew Huberman. Like, he has another podcast about, like, dopamine and everything, how we get it. And it's like, it's from doing something difficult. And it's like, no, you're, you, a lot of people probably aren't going to enjoy that 30 minute workout outside when it's 32 degrees and slightly breezy whether they're in proper clothing or in just like bare minimal clothing but the thing is is it's like okay you might not enjoy that but the after effect of it is going to be well worth it you know so yeah you know i think about this with our podcast is there's the theme of simplicity seems to always weave its way through the conversation or often weaves its way through the conversation. And the other thing that weaves its way through our, our conversations is just becoming more in tune with the environment that's around you, you know? And uh, like this, this, uh, this episode is obviously super heavy on it, but Mm -hmm. it's like, it's just not a coincidence. The more that I've read about this and talked to people about it, that if you spend as much time outside as possible, the likelihood of developing problems, both psychological and physiological becomes lower. It's, you know, so I just, the main urge to people is, uh, spend, you know, especially this time of year is just get out as Mm -hmm. often as you possibly can, you know, acclimate yourself to the cold. You know, you don't like, I think like, uh, if you remember in that that uh, whatever that piece about the four seasons in mm-hmm. Buffalo that I wrote, the uh, it's interesting about Buffalonians in that when it gets when it starts to get cold, and it, I don't think this is just it, it's not just a Western New York thing. I think yeah. it's a it's a it's generally like a Great Lakes thing, um, and it might even be like the northern altitudes or or like this or like or northern uh, lines of latitude are like mm-hmm. this too, but. I think, uh, you know, in the fall, a lot of local people just can't wait to put on those clothes, you know, like they want to drink pumpkin spice lattes, go to farmer's markets and show off, you know, all of their clothing, uh, that they haven't been able to wear for, you know, six months. That's part of it. Cause in the spring you see something similar too. Like once it starts getting a little bit warmer in the spring, people will, like just start rocking tank tops and t-shirts when it's cold as hell outside. So it's like you're yearning for the warmth in the spring because you're, so people are exposing themselves to that because they're fiending for sunlight. You haven't had it for so long. The behavior is entirely rational. And what I would say is this time of year, it's driven more by, I, I guess slightly from a comfort factor, but it's more of a stylistic thing than anything. Maybe I'm wrong, man. No, I, 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 I definitely see what you're saying, and uh, it, it depends because 
yet, I mean, yet again, working at Carhartt and working in outdoor clothing for years, it's like, here, here's something. Uh, we might have talked about this at some point, but I think it'll blow your mind. So this beanie, uh, I'm showing Ryan right now, okay? Yeah. The classic Carhartt beanie that pretty much everyone owns, okay? They have a white one. This beanie right here, brother, is about $20 for you, okay? okay? The white one last year we sold out of so quick, people were offering $100 what? for one. Wow. Okay? So the whole fashion aspect is 100% real where it's like I'm looking at these people sometimes and like, yeah, I, and we, we've talked about this, like having clothes that fit and clothes you enjoy wearing. It's like, it's, it's you know, you don't want to just be wearing bullshit that isn't going to help you and that you don't like and all that. And I get that aspect because that's how I tried it. But I try to functionally think like with my clothing system, what's going to work best for me. Right. But then I have people come in and it's like, I, I, I collect every single color of this beanie uh, and they're there every single week. And they're like, I need, I need, all, and I'm like, okay, I get that. You can only wear one at once. And, and I try like rationalizing with people. I'm also not trying to not sell stuff, but at the same time, it's <laughs> yeah. like, I'm always torn. I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, you guys are buying a brand new jacket every single winter. And I'm like, I've been using the same Carhartt jacket every winter for like 10 years now. Yeah, I was like struggling with that the school. other day too. Since middle school, I've had the same jacket and I have more jackets since then, but it's like, why, why? Just, I guess yet again, like we took a natural instinct of like, okay, we need to layer up for winter, even though layering up back then obviously was way different than it is now. But then we took that and we weaponized it. Same with the food and everything else that we talked about where it's like, okay, naturally we need to pack on weight, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to give you Reese's cups to pack on weight and, hmm. and strudels now. Right. Or, okay, it's time to start preparing for winter. Well, you're going to need the latest fashion trend if you want to possibly stay warm for this brutal Buffalo winter, you know? And then are you actually going to use it for its design purpose? I mean, oh uh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, no people are going to spend their money however they choose to spend yeah. it. That, that's, that's what's, what's weird about it. But you know, to the, to our point though, like take efforts to acclimate as often as you can and just spend time outside. Yeah. Like all of these, hormonal issues and depression issues and things that people experience are oftentimes rectified by some level of outdoor exposure, breathing fresh air. And I, I can just tell you, man, from just straight up experience that, now, you know, some people may accuse me of being like more mindful and in touch with what's going on in my head compared to other people. I, like, I have friends that tell me that. But I'm just constantly observing how my behavior is affected by the weather. And it, like last night, I slept ten hours. I went to I, 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 got, I, I got pretty close. I went to long. bed, so the sun was down at uh, eight, or it was down by seven thirty. Yeah. It was dark by seven, you know, seven almost seven forty. And by eight thirty, I was toast. Like yeah. I, I just had. I'm like, all right. We also got the full moon right now as well. So even last night when it was dark, it wasn't actually yeah. all that dark. You could still see pretty well. Yeah, but I, I passed out. And then when the sun starts creeping towards the horizon, you know, it's getting close. Like, I just wake up, man. Yeah. And uh, without alarms, I yep. just wake up. Yep. 
Um, so last night, I, I, like I said, I slept like 10 hours and I, I felt like, okay, well, I'm sure there's other things that I could have been doing with that time, but I feel pretty freaking good today. <laughs> and most days I sleep eight hours, but I just mm-hmm. fall asleep when the sun goes down and I wake up as the sun's coming up prior to the sun, prior to the sun scraping the horizon, I start. So I'm, my rhythm mm-hmm. is attuned to that, right? The, uh, there's, th- there's that side of things. And then like when certain fronts and winds start coming through here, I can feel those too. I can feel when a wind's starting to come from another direction, when a pressure change is happening. Like so I can feel something changing mm-hmm. in the environment by spending so much time out there for it. Does that have a benefit towards my ability, like my fishing and charter chartering? No, well, maybe, eh, maybe. I, I would say yes. It, it's, but... it's, deba- it's debatable. You know, that's a, a whole other conversation. Yeah. But I would say this, that like I've just recognized that I'm vulnerable just like every other creature on this planet. Mm-hmm to the rhythms of the planet and the system that's around us. And you could spend so much time of your life trying to fight that. Um, But you're, you're not going to get away from it, man. And I I think the more often that you can try to connect to it, to try to make it part of you, um, the better off you're going to be. And that, that doesn't stop Mm -hmm. in the winter time. You know, that, that if anything, this, the fall should be kicking you in the butt to start getting your head in that direction um and, and and making that work yeah so. and, and we're getting low on time here but there's a few things to kind of wrap it up here and like obviously no we are not medical professionals we are not doctors no. here but just based off of our own experiences and like the groups that we are around because we affiliate with people who are like-minded it's like i get sick like cold flu one i'll i'll say two times a year roughly I have hyper paid attention to my family and friends the last few years on how much they get sick compared to how much I do. And it's double, if not more. Yeah. And recently I've been paying attention and like people at work are getting sick and I'm like, well, why is this? Why is this? And how come I haven't? How come? And I'm like, well, no shit. Like they're yet again, going back to that Andrew Huberman guy, he talks about it a lot. It's like, we are always in a box, which we never used to be right now. We're, we're literally in a box in a car right now, recording this, you know, sitting in your house, you're in a box. Most people work in are inside a box. And it's like, when you aren't getting your immune system, your system in touch with what's happening, changing outside, you're bound to get sick at, way quicker than if not, yeah. like you're going through all of this, um, using air quotes, regulated conditions. And it's like, then, okay, well, when you do have to go spend time outside and then, all right, so you just had to go shovel the driveway for the first time you go inside and then you're sick. Like, well, yeah, no shit. Like you never spent any time to try and even adapt to it. So like you're not, you're going to, it's your body's response to like this new threat that you haven't tried to deal with it. Exactly. All, you know what I'm saying? Yep. But, yeah, and then kind of the the last thing to just wrap this up, and because you you mentioned on it as well is like the last few, and I will definitely say during that twenty twenty one time frame with uh, the pandemic and being out of work and everything, like mentally I was not in a good state at all. But also looking back and trying to analyze it, like with a clearer head now, it's like, well, 
yeah, I kind of gave up on going out and being outside fishing as much as I could. Like there was a, like a while where I was relentless and I wouldn't stop. And then that like the whole pandemic and I was like, all right, well, I don't want to go out and get sick. And then I just, I bought into that mentality and then it was like, Oh, there we go. I'm slipping downhill again, mentally and physically. And, uh, yet again, now that I'm like reviewing it and looking back at it, it's like, okay, well, I know all these points that I can work on and fix this winter to try and prevent that going forward, you know? Yep. So, but all right, guys, I think we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up on that. This was a good episode, a little, a little different than our normal ones, but I think this is, this is a good topic to kind of touch on, especially with the changing seasons, preparing everyone and, this style of episode will probably be, you know, every other week, every few weeks throughout all of winter yeah. because it's a it's a good thing to talk about because there's a lot of different little little rabbit holes you can go down on on this. But anyways, uh, thank you all for tuning in. If you haven't seen it, episode number two of Two Angles on Angling from the Water is up on my YouTube channel, JD Outdoors. Uh, so go check that out. A lot of views already on the first one, so we appreciate it, guys. Thanks for the interest and everyone who's reached out, commented, and all that. Uh, we'll see you guys next week, hopefully with some more experience from the water. See you guys.